0: I'm excited to announce that I'll be the MC of Design XL, a new design conference taking place November 9th in beautiful Pensacola, Florida. Design XL is the Florida Panhandle's first design conference. Join me in this beach town as they feature both local and national talent to excel your skills, grow your network, and further your design education. Tickets are on sale now at designxl.org. And early bird pricing will get you all access for a limited low price of $129 for professionals and $75 for students. In addition to the day of conference, there will be a pre-party mixer on the night of November 8th. Visit designxl.org for all the details on speakers, workshops, and more. Welcome to Feasting on Design. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today, I'm talking with the team from DesignXL a new design conference in Pensacola, Florida, this November. We talk about how the conference got started, the importance of building community, and why you should come to Design XL. plus a whole lot more. If you like the podcast and want to help support us, head over to patreon.com feastingondesign. Every dollar helps us to cover hosting costs, upgrade equipment, and keep the podcast going. When you become a Feasting on Design patron, you'll get access to exciting Feasting on Design news before anyone else, plus stickers and T-shirts. So please help support the podcast by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash feasting on design. Veronique, Liz, Rachel, Chris, thank you all for joining me.
1: Excited to be here. Thanks for having us.
0: So we'll just dive right in and kind of go with an- announcing what we're talking about. Veronique, I'm going to let you start this off. And why are you guys here today?
2: <laughs> we are here today to talk about Design DesignXL, um, which is the first creative conference that's happening in Pensacola, Florida. Um, it is happening on November 9th. It is a full day conference, and um, we've been planning this for about six months now, and we're, we're coming up on that date. So we're hoping to spread the word and let people know about this event that we're really excited to bring to the community.
0: Awesome! How did you st- still stick in with you, Veronique, How did the four of you all kind of meet?
2: Oh wow! Um, we've all kind of met at different points in the last... So I've been here for five years. Um, sure. Liz has been here for about nine months. Just now. about a year. About a year. October 4th really? year. Yeah. Um, and Chris and Rachel are both Pensacola natives, right, Chris? You were born here mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't born here, but... You were yeah. raised here, Most of recently. the time. Most yeah. The the time. yeah. <laughs> so we have... Um, so Liz and I work together at Hatchmark. Rachel um, works at Hale Studio and also runs um, her own design Mm -hmm. business as well with Zamp Industries, and Chris works at ID Group, which is uh, another brand agency in town. So we've all known each other kind of separately in the design community, and Mm -hmm. as that community has kind of grown organically over the last, you know, five, eight years or so, um, have just kind of crossed paths at networking events, at, um, you know, little mixers and happy hours and things like that and gotten to know each other better definitely over the last year or so. Um, I think everybody that's involved in this and, you know, the four of us in this room are really excited to see the design community grow. We're pretty involved in the business community as well. Um, So we kind of started having these conversations about events, things that we could bring to build and grow the community, and a conference kind of came of that. I know several of us have gone to creative conferences and things in other towns, and um, there's nothing like that specifically in our area. The closest one's probably at least a few hour drive away. Um, So it's kind of the time to bring something like this to this community, because it's it's growing like crazy right now.
0: Gotcha. Speaking of the design community, Rachel, since you're a native, um, how have since you got involved with design, we won't talk about like when you were a little kid coloring with crayons, but um, how have you seen the design community change in in that, uh, that time?
3: Um, Well, it's definitely changed a lot just in the past few years, even just in one year with this conference and everything that we're planning. But um, I would say that just even over the past few years, everyone's gotten very collaborative and, has like kind of learned to work with each other instead of against each other. Since we are in a small town, we're usually fighting over the same jobs a lot of times. (laughs) Um, So we kind of embraced that and kind of partnered with each other on projects instead of competing. So I think that's really cool. And that's, to me, that's probably the biggest change that's happened here. Um, And then I think... The stuff that we're doing with Pensacola Designers, um, that group has been around for several years, but we're gaining more traction now. That we're now that we've established the official nonprofit, and we're starting to do more events and educational stuff for the area. I think that's going to be a huge benefit too.
0: Gotcha. Tell me a little bit more about Pensacola Designers.
3: So that group has been around. I don't even know. Probably eight eight years. Maybe maybe not that long. It was. When I was in school, it, it was around, but it was, wasn't was really an official group. It was just kind of like a Facebook thing. Sure. We would have meetups sometimes. Um, but this year, in order to do the conference, we established as a nonprofit and formed a board and got a little bit more organized. So now, once we get the conference out of the way, we can start <laughs> doing some more <laughs> other educational events throughout the year. <clears throat> kind of do a... Gotcha. For me, it's... Um, a lot about from my perspective when I graduated UWF it was kind of like you graduate school and then and then what like what do you do you try to find a job but then there's not really any opportunities for continuing education or really meeting other designers and stuff like that so I'm hoping with the Pensacola designers group we can bridge that gap a little bit
0: Gotcha. Liz, since you're the newbie in town, what what, what, have, what, have you, <laughs> what have you seen change in the time that you've been there?
1: So I didn't really get to see like a giant change um, being that um, it just started being active in the community, probably in like January when I started with Hatchmark. Um, but it's great to see that everyone's coming together and to hear the history, you know, of this place and this, you know, this community and how everyone is just like this giant force moving forward to try and get, you know, big companies to realize that, hey, your talent's in your backyard. You don't need to, you know, go off to Atlanta or go off to LA or New York to find a creative or copywriter or web designer. You can literally find it here. There's so many talented people here. Um, I moved from South Dakota, so I'm like used to, you know, Omaha, Minneapolis, Denver, you know, giant, you know, meccas of art. And to see that in Pensacola is just kind of like amazing. You know, we moved here for the beach, but we like got the best of like both worlds for us.
0: <laughs> Chris, what about you? What about me? <laughs> 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 well, since you're also a native, how what what's your perspective on it?
4: Yeah, um so well first thank you for for having us on here we really appreciate being able to tell the story of Pensacola designers and Design Excel and I think you know the mission of what both can can do for our community. Uh, you know I've been involved in my company ID Group for almost going on 13 years now. <clears throat> and when I graduated from University of West Florida in the mid 2000s Early to <laughs> early to mid two thousands, there was not a lot of. You're a, still younger than me. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'm Asian. I probably will look pretty young for a while, so I'm going to try to milk it as long as I can. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think that back then there really wasn't a, a, a sense of community um, among sure, sure. creative um, people here. And you know, if you walk downtown five or six years ago, downtown was a dead zone. It was a. It was a. You know, it was a ghost town. Nobody came downtown except for the one or two gallery nights that we would have a year. And I think that part of the reason why all these people have kind of come to the surface is because we've really created, where there's been a critical mass of just so much creativity in Pensacola. We have downtown booming. We have, um, you know, a lot of really talented students coming out of three university systems here, or not universities, (laughs) but, you know, colleges, schools here. And so there's a lot of energy that's happening in Pensacola. And I think part of the reason why we started this is because, frankly, for me, it started as venting. It's like, man, if only these kids (laughs) knew how to do this. You You know, Veronique and I would be in some portfolio reviews. And afterwards, we'd say... Like, if only I knew this part of design, if only I knew this part about, you know, uh, what is it like to, to be a freelancer? Um, and we would also vent about work that's being, you know, brought out of out of Pensacola. Um, so I think that part of those frustrations became the energy for how do we bring people To Pensacola. How do we how do we bring work to Pensacola from an economic development standpoint? And how do we keep the talent that we have here as opposed to as what Liz is saying, you know, them going to Atlanta, them going to to LA or New York, and certainly those are fine cities, but there's a lot of work that can be done here. And that's not to say that the work is only here geographically in Pensacola or the Gulf Coast, we have a whole bunch of people that are doing work outside of the region, and that's a really cool part that people don't know about. And so, how do we elevate that conversation? And I think that's really where um, the huge opportunity exists.
0: Gotcha, Veronique. With when when you all got together, kind of this past year to as as Pensacola designers and started thinking about what you wanted to do, what made you decide that the a a conference was the thing that you wanted to do because there's a lot of work that goes into that
2: yeah (laughs) um well we've been really lucky to have some people we've we've had an amazing group of people involved in planning that have had experience with us in the past definitely um like rachel and i just kind of we had been having um coffee every tuesday mornings we're part of the future pro group and each other's accountability partners and stuff like that and um Just the conversation very quickly led into, you know, building the creative community and starting to have more events for the creative community. And Mm -hmm. I think there's the, there's like a couple approaches you can do with that. We've, we've had struggled quite a while of having like small events here and there, like coffees and this and that, and people not necessarily coming out because that's, you know, just grabbing coffee with somebody or having a workshop here and there. It's hard to get really high attendance to something like that. That's kind of smaller. Um, So... I think we kind of came to the conclusion that we really needed this kind of big catalyst event that would make a stand, that makes a big statement, that really brings people together um, to start driving this sort of thing. And the response has been great. Um, Everybody that we talked to about it realizes that this is a piece that's missing, even people outside of the creative community. Um, There are events already here like EntreCon, um, that's an entrepreneurial conference put on by um, an organization in town that brings together the business community is all about business development. Um, Every single business uses creative to some degree. And I think that um, people, especially in this community are really starting to realize that Um, there's been kind of a shift in mindset um, that creatives are not necessarily just like order takers that the, you know, the need to have good quality creative um, campaigns and marketing and stuff that is brought to the next level is really starting to emerge as the business community is booming. Um, the level of creative expected is expanding with that. Um, so just kind of making that big statement and having a big catalyst event is something that um, we really saw a need for to kind of bring that together. This has, I mean, with the planning, even alone the planning that we've been having and the people that we've had in the room, I think that has done so much to bring together different groups around town um, yes. Oh, yes. it's it's crazy like just kind of the collaboration that started to happen there um, like I'm working with somebody right now that I hadn't worked with on the past on a brand launch that and she's in a uh, event planning her name's Bree with mm-hmm. social icon and you know I was like oh I didn't realize you even did this and so she's you know we're starting to work together on work outside of you know just the conference so those crossovers are already starting to happen i think it's just going to blow up even more as we move forward
4: yeah i think i think that it's it's becoming you know we're we're already starting to create a a creative collaborative culture (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that's really what it's about it's about how do we together elevate the work the quality Mm -hmm. of work and how can we you know plug into our individual strengths <laughs> mm-hmm. and then highlight that for the businesses that are in the area that we can serve. So that way they're not looking outside the area. You know, I'll, I'll add to what Veronique is saying is that I think a lot of businesses, you know, we're, we're in a really good time in our economy, <laughs> Right. You know, the last 10 years, it's been a little tough. But I think as business booms, they're realizing the need for creative. They may not necessarily value it. And so I think that that's part of our job as creatives is to say, hey, there is a value to this. It is a it is a part of your business that makes sense and can make you money if you do it right. Um, Just the
1: education but, behind it alone.
0: Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Well, Liz, since you brought up that education, how are you hoping to with this conference, educate not only designers, but other entrepreneurs in the community? Because it's not just a conference for designers. It's a conference for business owners and entrepreneurs and people who want to do their own thing.
1: Well, we've kind of curated, you know, different speakers with, you know, different, you know, topics that they want to cover. And it's going to, like, invoke a feeling, whether you are creative or a business owner, you know, just to, like, appreciate you know the opportunities that you can have to grow your business or to grow your portfolio you know it depends on what side of the spectrum you are Um, so you know we are first year like yes we'd love to have you know some giant famous speakers you know but we've really focused as you know what is going to be the most beneficial for a first year what do we Mm want to focus on how are we going to bring you know just some you know lawyer firm to be like oh i get it you know so uh, each of our speakers have really definitely hit some sort of area to invoke that, yes, you know, feeling of I'm going to hire somebody better to do a creative or I'm going to hire somebody locally because it's going to be easier to streamline business and profits and all that stuff.
0: Gotcha. and Rachel, I know one of the things that when we were talking early on was that you guys wanted to focus on the collaborative process and how people working together can collaborate and how, you know, even if you don't work at the same company, you can be collaborative with, um, you know, other people in the area. Um, what What is your goal with that? How are you hoping to accomplish that during the conference?
3: Um, I think from that standpoint, it's I mean, we're kind of looking at it as like a giant networking event. Like, I hate that term. I wish there was a better (laughs) term for networking, but it really is. like Making friends. Yeah, and like having all of the creative community in one place at one time for everyone to meet each other and like kind of learn about each other and what we're even all working on. And I mean, that's something that Veronique touched on earlier with our conference planning is Mm -hmm. we have probably like 15 people helping us and... I've been here my whole life and these are all people that I've known or at least been like acquaintances with, but I never really knew that much about them until we started this process. So we've kind of learned about each other and what each other's niches are and what everyone's good at. Some people are good at animation. Some people are good at copywriting. And just because you're a designer doesn't mean you only do design or you only like everyone's doing branding or whatever we all have our thing that we're good at so it's been cool to learn that about each other and figure out the ways that we can collaborate on actual client projects um, so I'm hoping that we can expand that into the actual conference and people will get to meet each other and learn more about each other and be able to work together in the future
2: I think gotcha one in the slack channel like Chris made a comment one day, he was like, guys, we're like our own little agency, because like, everybody's working in their own channels, like, there's the marketing committee and the, you know, sponsor, speaker committee, whatever, Um, but it is, it was cool, because everybody's kind of, like, fit into their little things, and going, and working, it's it's been a really cool thing. Yeah, I think up until... Agency XL. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Up until even like the past year or so, everyone has been like very private about what they're working on and very kind of like standoffish and nobody wanted to really share their work or their process or like how they did anything because we were all competing. But now I think we're kind of breaking down those barriers and saying that we can work together and there's enough work to go around and we can all be successful and actually help each other instead of being so roped off.
0: Gotcha. Veronique, let, let's kind of run through the lineup of some of the breakout sessions because it's, well, first let's back up a little bit and and explain why you've got breakout sessions and keynote speakers and how those two differentiate.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for the keynote speakers, we're focusing on out-of-town talent because um, those are going to be kind of your your big jaws, the headliners, obviously. Um, so we have... In. and Rachel Rachel honestly knows a lot of the details of this better for me so like bump in if I'm missing anything um but for the breakout sessions we've focused on mostly local talent so for the keynote speakers we've got four of them we have Phoebe from um Pander Design
5: mm-hmm.
2: um she's amazing so she's um going to be speaking on both the business side of design as well as um her, her to go 100K and then the Size Up session, she's also going to be focusing. She's doing a, a workshop, right? Mm-hmm. Hands-on workshop as well mm-hmm. for that. Um, and then we're just having uh, Von and Savannah Glitchka come in, who's like the father-daughter duo. He runs um, Glitchka Studios, and they're going to be talking a lot about designing across generations, um, mm-hmm. especially how that they, they have built a business and built on each other's strengths um, to to build that up. Um, They'll also be doing a breakout session. So each of our keynote speakers is going to be doing a breakout as well. Um, So kind of be able to get up close and personal with them, ask them some more questions. Um, Some of those are still being finalized, but there's definitely going to be the opportunity to like ask them questions and, you know, everybody's going to be, having their own things that they want to be talking about depending on who the speaker is for sure
5: sure Uh,
2: michael janda is author of burn your portfolio is going to be in definitely speaking about um pricing creative the business of creative so we've tried to have a really good mix between actual like hands-on execution sort of stuff as well as the business side of it because a Mm. lot of what we're trying to do is really educate people on the business and design whether they're wanting to freelance or you know they're running a small business or even if they're working in a business, knowing why things happen and why an agency is run in a specific way, I think a lot of times creatives are kind of um, kept out of those conversations. And um, it's important to know. And then the last one that we're going to be having is um, Scott Fuller, who runs Studio Temporary out of Atlanta. And the really cool thing about Scott is he... Runs this great studio, is doing amazing brand work. Um, he's a great illustrator. He also graduated from PCC here, so he has a really strong tie to Pensacola. He comes down here often and does um, work with the college and things like that as well in breakouts or, and uh, events. So all of our keynote speakers are going to be doing kind of more deep dives in the uh, breakout sessions, and then we also have four people that are local. So Casey Legan, um, I'm sure you're familiar with her. She's a Tactile type lettering artist. She um, mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. does a lot of amazing chalk work. So I first heard about Casey because she's has these amazing national clients. And she happens to live in Niceville now, which mm-hmm. is like an hour away. So um, she's been getting more involved in the creative community here as well. And then we have uh, Shelly Hensler, who's going to... She's actually a professor at UWF. And she's going to be focusing on illustration. Um, Christine York who is a, actually in the video world. She works at Vivid Bridge Studios, who's a, a video production company in town. And she's going to be focusing on kind of the creative process. So we've got kind of that process it's basically turning these big ideas and how you take a big idea and turn it into an actual you know step-by-step process to make it come to fruition and then sure. Caitlin cooney who runs charlotte mason print co here locally she does amazing letterpress work so a lot about how she's taking these really old kind of um pieces and letterpress and elements and she's actually built a business off of like stationary and all that sort of stuff, um, kind of merging old and new. So. Gotcha. (laughs) He
3: covered everything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's going to be, I I think the biggest thing is it's a good mix between actual hands-on functional stuff, the business side of design, and, um, especially with like Christine's taking big picture concepts and turning them into, um, steps yeah. to make an idea come to
3: life. and we also have this really cool guy our MC named Jason Frost. Yes. I don't know if you've heard
0: of him. I don't know if he's really cool, but Jason. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for having me, by the way. <laughs> um, so, so Chris, like, I kind of know what everybody's background is, except for you. You're the f- I'm, I'm meeting you for the first time today, so tell me what your background is, and then we'll uh, reverse the order. Yeah, I, I
4: kind of like being the enigma. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, my, my background is you know, I graduated from the University of West Florida, as I said, in the early to mid-2000s, um, and uh, in, with a degree in communications and a specialization mm-hmm. in both advertising, creative advertising, and public relations. So those are two not very similar fields. One is primarily creative, and the other one is primarily kind of journalistic- background and, and sure. more more logic rather than creativity. Um, currently, I serve as the executive vice president of a, a company in town called ID Group, and we are a cross between a consulting uh, management um, uh, consulting firm as well as a quote-unquote branding firm. And I think mm-hmm. that there's been a lot of conversation in the design community and in the advertising community about what does brand really mean. <laughs> and I'm sure a lot of creatives are still kind of figuring some of that stuff out. And you have creatives (laughs) who say, oh, a brand is a logo. (laughs) A brand is a name. Uh, You have other people saying, no, a brand is much more than that. Uh, And so I think that, you know, part of what I do is I help some of my clients uh, both locally as well as, um, you know, around around uh, the southeast and a couple of clients outside the area help them engage their organization in defining the meaning behind their brands so it's a lot it's a lot more of the the kind of front-end work research work that goes into before you even start doing the development of you know a logo or a campaign Uh, and i think it's a lot of um, a lot of work that a lot of people tend to to skip over um not necessarily I think the designers, whole strategy but strategy aspect. Yeah, exactly. I think it's just like business in general. Your immediate reaction is to, Oh, we have a really great idea. We need to go ahead and do a logo <laughs> before you realize exactly what that logo is supposed to communicate. So sure. I think that, um, so I've been involved in that company going on 13 years now. And, um, so I'm really excited to be part of this, <clears throat> this initiative, uh, and to be part of this group because these are really passionate, I mean, talented people here. And I think that there is a groundswell of energy um to help change the conversation and i've you know i've I've brought up conversation with some of these lovely ladies here today as well as some other people that design is in at least this is my perspective design is in trouble the design field is in trouble (laughs) and when you have people who call themselves a photographer because they bought the newest iphone (laughs) who call themselves (laughs) a designer because they're able to afford adobe creative suite Yeah. You know, how do you how do how do we as a community of creatives build value for the work that we're producing? And I think that's part of what this whole this whole issue, you know, this whole um, uh, conference is really about is how as we as professionals, whether we're senior professionals or younger professionals, how do we help educate our clients, our businesses, the people that we work with to say that what we produce is value is of value and elevating the value of that through our work? So I'm really excited to be part of that conversation to help shift that focus, because I think that that's something that not many people really talk about.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. I I got a follow-up question to that, because you touched on something. Design has become a commodity, and you have sites like Fiverr and Upwork and Design Pickle and things like that that have commoditized design and... You know, for independent designers and small companies and I mean, even big companies, you know, it, it it's created this challenge of how do you move past, you know, the lowest bidder option? How do you tackle that?
4: Yeah, I think that it's different for everybody. Um, you know, as we've seen, especially with some of our, our keynote speakers and some of our um, size up session um, speakers, that a lot of these people in many ways have niched themselves. They have really mm. focused on a specific offering that they, they drill down and they get really good at. And because of that, people want them. They want their look, they want their style. <clears throat> Unfortunately, I think that for a lot of designers that are starting out graduating college, they don't have that kind of um, uh, freedom to define that area. They really need to be looking at design from broad strokes. So I think it's both You know kind of exploring your talents exploring what makes it you know what what kind of brings joy to your work and then honing that skill developing that skill specializing and that's how you're going to be able to add value now certainly this is just my opinion i'm sure everybody else has a different opinion but i think that um this idea of the commoditization of design you know we all think access to design is great but on the on the you know on the flip side when you make design accessible, you are devaluing design in doing sure. so. So I think that the conversation that people need to have besides just how do I, you know, how do I market my creative or how do I, how, what do I need to bill for, it's more about what value do I bring as an individual to my work that is going to bring value to my clients. And that's the conversation that I think designers need to have with themselves and each other.
1: Just gotcha. like uh, building off that conversation, uh, I, I'm going to be the bitch. Sorry.
0: No, that's fine.
1: I'm getting real right now. <laughs> um, okay, to these business owners that, you know, they oh, I paid a hundred dollars for my logo and this is my whole brand. <laughs> no.
0: Looks like you paid a hundred bucks for your logo Exactly. Most of the time you too. pay
1: for what you get. If you don't yeah. give a shit about your brand, sure, buy a hundred dollar logo. But if you're gonna invest time, why don't you have somebody that's gonna be your partner in this process? And that's like a huge part of, you know, why you would wanna hire a designer and not, you know, some random that yeah I'll sell you a design for this amount and this amount and then it's done you know you have an actual partnership somebody Mm -hmm. that you know is with you from step one to conceptualizing what is your business how do you perceive to your audience how what are you how are you going to make money you know all the way to the end you know to your you know your tangible systems your collateral your website and all in all it's like what we always say is your brand is what your audience tells you so if your audience is telling you that you have a hundred dollar brand are you going to be a $100 company? Like, that's where I'm at.
0: <laughs> sure. Veronique, let, let's, real quick, let's get into your background and how Hatchmark came about. And then uh, we'll we'll tag Liz on, in on this real quick since she uh, works with you at Hatchmark.
2: Um. All right. So I'm like Chris, I'm the oldie in the room. I graduated in the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> um, As did I. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. So I uh, basically moved to Dallas after graduating, spent about 10 years there. Um, Wasn't supposed to be there that long, but did a lot of agency hopping and worked in everything from publishing to shopper marketing to digital to kind of, um, and I had the opportunity to work on a lot of really great national brands, which was cool. So a lot in Frito, Pepsi, um, some national nonprofits like Be The Match and Red Cross, so within that, I had uh, always freelanced on the side and had that mm-hmm. bug to kind of like work for myself. Um, made one kind of really bad attempt at it, where you know went off and worked with a couple. We started our own company or whatever with a couple other uh, designers and didn't know anything about running a business. So uh, went actually back <laughs> I think, on. I think forward. everybody's it's, done that. On yeah, this one. I know, right? <laughs> you know, I can't just design all day; I have to build people. Um, but so basically. Uh, Ended up going back, building out a, a uh, creative department with my latest agency that I was at. It was their creative director and was much more involved in the business side of things and learned a lot there. So I finally left there about, I want to say, six years ago now, six and a half years or so, and started working for myself, moved to Pensacola. My husband uh, had an opportunity to move here. Mm -hmm. with his job and I was solo so we decided beaches or mountains and ended up in Pensacola looked good on Google so we ended up here and yeah kind of just was working solo and finally got to that tipping point where it's like all right, you need to pump the brakes or you need to bring somebody else on and Hatchmark kind of evolved naturally from that so um, Hatchmark's been I don't know like four so years now I believe that Mm -hmm. it's been everything's been under Hatchmark And, yeah, I really, like, have a pretty diverse background, so branding has always been what I've kind of gone back to. It's my happy place. I really like, you know, what Chris talks about. We have a lot of crossovers in what we do, Um, really working with clients and business owners to figure out kind of their why and what the whole point of this thing is and helping them define that, refine that, and then build that into messaging and visual systems, um, and with that, you know, a lot of times, like what Liz was saying, um, we end up working on going with our clients. So that might be, you know, doing things for them every week. That might be, you know, building out a social campaign or something like that, and, you know, once a quarter, whatever that might be. So, yeah, we uh, we work with some local clients. We work with some national clients. We're really lucky to have kind of a broad range of uh, of of people that we work with, and that kind of keeps it fun. So yeah, we've got a we've got a little team, but we've got a big variety of capabilities, and that's kind of how I like it. Um, gotcha.
4: They, they have they have a little team, but they they have big impact. And when Veronique came onto the scene, I was stalking her. I was like, who is this person?
5: Who is this Hatchmark? What are they
4: What are they doing? Who is this? And I I don't think you even had your photo up on your first website. I was like, I gotta I gotta figure out who these people are. Yeah.
2: We uh, yeah. We're, we're lucky to work with some really, some really great clients. So we've gotten some good visibility around town. There was some like a brewery that opened up, Spin Studio, mm-hmm. and some things like that that have really kind of gotten a lot of attention and allowed okay. us to take on some really cool local projects. Yeah, and you've, it's done, a,
4: you've done some really cool like lifestyle brand stuff. Like it's really awesome this, the work you guys are doing. The,
2: That's so
5: sweet
2: of you the, <laughs> We're doing a lifestyle brand right now that li- is all live, oh, and it's like. It's the work I'm most proud of this year, and I'm like, Liz did it all, and it's incredible, and it's there's nothing out about it right now, so I'm really excited about that.
0: Can we gotcha? Well, since you mentioned Liz, Liz, let, tell me a little bit about your background. How did a how did you get to uh, Pensacola and Hatchmark, and uh, what is your design background?
1: All right, this is a very long story. No, I'm okay. kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm also super uncomfortable, so I'm gonna probably make really weird jokes. It's it's okay, great. so um, <laughs> born and raised in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, met my husband at 17. We actually just celebrated our 10 years together. Four years of marriage. Um, we came down to visit my mom who moved here. Oh, here's comes the accent. Hi. hi guys, how oh, you doing?
4: Hi. I'm from South Korea. <laughs>
0: hey, you get a couple of drinks in me, the Midwest accent comes out. Too, <laughs> oh so.
1: man, it's bad. It's really I grew
0: bad. up in don't Minnesota. You know, I understand. The don't
1: you know is there, yeah. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, you sure betcha.
1: <laughs> so um we came down to visit in April of seventeen or eighteen, sorry, eighteen. And uh we fell in love. Um mm-hmm. So in October of last year, we moved. So six months, we're like, we're out, we're done. We're done with the winters, the negative 50, uh, some are like snow and yak, we're done. Um, So I got a job at Navy Federal, which is a great Mm -hmm. place to work, Um, just wasn't for me. I don't like, you know, working in a big corporation. Sure. Um, But it was an amazing company. Um, met a friend and she was like I was like what's your dream place to work in Pensacola she's like girl you got to work at Hatchmark studio I was like what what's Hatchmark like it didn't even show up like when I'm like applying for jobs so I like go to the website I was like damn I need to be there so I stalked Vernique for months oh
4: yeah okay so we're in the same
1: yeah months I'm I'm emailing her constantly like hey here's what I do um, you know I've had a background in fashion, publishing, digital marketing, strategy, like, video, photography. Pulling
4: out all the stops.
1: Yeah. Like, please love me. Hire me. So (laughs) (laughs) there was this event in December. I'll never forget it. And it was um, a Pensacola designer group event. And I, you know, just moved here, starting to be involved in the community. And I went with my friend from Navy Federal. And I was like, she's like, Vernique's going to be here. I'm like, point her out to me. So I... (laughs) I see her across this brewery, and I was like, there she is. Oh, she's not doing well.
2: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so that was the day. So that was the day that um, the guy is a great friend, great guy, great designer, Um, but he was basically working with me, like, part-time, but it was almost, like, full-time, and he – um, his he just his heart's not in design anymore. He decided to have a career shift and open up in his own business, and that Lucky was kind of the week <laughs> that all that happens. And we had been planning this networking event with AAF and all these other things, and so I was like drowning. Mm-hmm. So then she emails me again. I was like, absolutely, actually, <laughs> right. yeah.
1: So I emailed. Yeah. You know, I continued I was, to keep up. The thing is, is like a lot of students don't understand is like these agencies get head up by people that want to be hired all the time. So it's like being annoying. Be annoying.
3: Squeaky wheel. Yeah, squeaky Mm -hmm. wheel.
1: Like, you know, just like keep like hustling and hounding and be like, hey, remember me? I'm not just a number. I could actually benefit you, you know. If so, I can add, um, on to that,
0: add on to that, be annoying, be in, annoying a in a positive way, way. not in a why like a, a, haven't you answered me
1: Yeah, don't be like a stalker where it's like someone needs to call the cops. Like, don't yeah, that yeah. level. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I was <laughs> don't, close, probably. Don't be right? suspect <laughs> I number one. Across the room. <laughs> <laughs> but then I knew who she was. <laughs> but that, so, uh, ended up being probably like a couple weeks later. Um, I got the job. Uh, yep. <laughs> I actually took the job, but that's, that's a whole that's other a story, story for another day. So, um, <laughs> since I started with Hatchmark, uh- Veronique's really involved in everything. I have to, like, force her to say no now because... Liz her, is my gatekeeper. <laughs> she's drowning because, you know, she's, like, literally one of the most, like, impressive people I've ever met. Not just, like, as a design, but, like, as a business owner. Like, I just sit there in the corner. I'm like, well, you're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a number one fan. What up? Sorry. But that's that's me. <laughs> this is weird.
0: <laughs> so if Veronique ends up in a ditch somewhere, we know who to look at first. Oh,
2: rude. I'm not that much <laughs> mistaken serial killer we're super into serial killers too so that's a whole that's a third story we can have multiple podcasts we'll, just tell us when <laughs> yeah
0: we will we'll 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 do that one later we'll talk about oh my, my favorite murder and, <gasps> and
2: are you a marino
0: i am the,
1: the, the Chris a is a murder yeah. too i just started awesome
0: oh yeah i so i had started listening to go off on a tangent i had started listening to them early on like probably five years ago and I just couldn't get into it at first. It was when they are and doing a podcast. Now I understand this. It was when they were first kind of trying to figure out what they wanted to do. And it was clunky. And I just, I didn't get into it a whole lot. And then about a year ago, somebody told me, oh, you got to listen to this one episode. And I was like, I put it off forever and ever. And about six months ago, finally listened to it because I had run out of other podcasts that I wanted to listen to. And I've been Hooked in ever since, and so
2: saw them live in Denver. Yes, <laughs> it was packed out. Like I don't know how many people they had there, but it was it was. It's, it's kind of scary
4: them. when you yeah. think about how many people are really into murder.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, we have an intern that we're hiring full time because he's he's incredible. His name's Dago. And when he first started with us, he's like, wow, you guys talk about crime a lot. It's not, not even just serial killers. It's all types of true crime. He's like, I'm working with
4: sociopaths. I'm
1: like, wow, what's happening? And now he's like into it. It's so funny.
2: Liz goes a step further because she'll have her news alerts on and she'll just look over at me and be like, they found a body.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm not God. that bad. No. I-
2: True story. Thanks,
1: War TV. She's just like, don't go to Milton this
4: week. It's dangerous. It's
1: a murder <laughs> The water is poisoned. <laughs> Sharks are
0: everywhere. <laughs> but if you live in Milton, come to the design conference. Please, we're not. Yes. We're, we're yes. talking bad about the
1: bacteria in the water, not you guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Bacteria, jellyfish, all that fun stuff that's going on this year.
1: <laughs> so so, <And laughs> written, ends.
0: Yes. so Rachel, moving on to you, last but not least. Um, what what is your background? You you kind of got a Varied background
3: I do have a varied background <laughs> um, Well, I, like Chris, went to University of West Florida and graduated in 2015 I'm a baby um, I was,
0: Thanks for making us all feel old
3: <laughs> um, So when I was at UWF, I was kind of involved in the Pensacola Designers Group also But on a smaller scale because I was a student and I was working full-time I had a lot going on but uh, also helped found the AIGA student chapter there. And that was back mm-hmm. before we even had AIGA Mobile or Tallahassee. So we were affiliated with Atlanta. Um, but so I kind of had, have had the passion for like starting a design group and community for a long time and it's finally like now probably, I don't even know, f- five years or so in, in the making. It's finally, we're getting traction we have lots of people involved, so it's really exciting. Um, when I was in school, probably my last semester or so, I started like heavily looking for jobs and came across Hale Studio. And mm-hmm. they kind of had the best of both worlds that I was trying to achieve, which was doing design and web development. I couldn't really mm-hmm. find that anywhere else. Um, so kind of like Liz and Veronique, I stalk them. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they they weren't hiring, of course. Uh, every couple months, I'd be like, hey, you guys remember me hiring yet? Oh, here's some new stuff I did. New uh, job, who did and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, finally got my foot in the door. Um, I actually started two days after I graduated, so that was a huge relief.
0: <laughs> um, that's, yeah, that's always nice. Um,
3: so I started there as soon as I graduated. And I've been there for about... Four and a half years now. Mm-hmm. Um and I've been freelancing for a long time, the whole time I was in school, I did some side projects. Um really since middle school, if you want to count MySpace layout mm-hmm. says Girl, freelancing. Same here.
1: MySpace. <laughs> yeah. That's how I really got into And design. I know
0: so many people who that's how they got their start. So
3: Yeah, it was the best. I was obsessed with it. It was Plutter like codes, girl. learning HTML and CSS <laughs> and having the coolest profile. And then everyone would hit you up and be like, Whoa, can you make me one of those? Well, Can you white my then teeth? Like, yeah. And then like <laughs> making little icons and uh, gifts and stuff to go with your uh, MySpace layout. And yeah. So that, that was the start of my freelancing career. <laughs> it was free then though. So it was literal freelancing, but Ooh, um, that's dude. not the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah. Gotcha. When when y'all you know combined the uh, with the combined powers and uh, uh, of the group came together and started planning the conference, did you have any idea what you were getting into? (laughs) Absolutely. We all just laughed. We knew exactly what we were doing.
2: Gone I'm going to call bullshit usually, on that one. No <laughs> Fantastic.
3: I mean, for the most part, honestly, it has gone really well. Um, actually, yeah. We've, like,
0: yeah, you guys have had yeah. pretty good luck from what I've seen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've also, I think we have such a diverse group of people that have been incredible in helping out that, you know, a couple of them have been directly involved in planning large conferences, event planning, things like that. Um, and we just have such, I mean, it really literally is like... <clears throat> a little mini agency where we've got skill sets that are pretty distinct some might overlap but everybody is really working together to like run this machine it's been it's been really great
4: and you know I think too one of the maybe one of the biggest concerns from the group I'm going to speak on an assumption is that when you're dealing with creatives, you always assume there's going to be some sort of ego, right? But there really has not been at all. And I think what oh, that,
0: I worry about the people who flake out cause we're all flaky. Well,
4: yeah, exactly. There's two of them is that, you know, they either flake out or there is ego. And I think that, um, with this team, the passion is so immense that people People do whatever needs to get done because they believe in it, and it's almost I think
1: exhausting. It,
4: it, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's almost like a church. Like there's like a faith in like, like this to, is gonna.
1: I have to turn off my Slack channel sometimes. I'm like, wow, everyone's so pumped up, great, but it's 11:30 at night. I'm trying to go to bed. Like.
0: <laughs> you know, there's this feature on your phone called Do Not Disturb, right? <laughs> so, Chris, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep going. Uh, I have nothing else more to say. Oh, okay. Well, in that case. I- I think it's it's Um, a
3: testament to, like, how much the community has grown, too, because even when when I was in school and trying to start the AIGA student chapter and trying to do events with that and then working with Penn School designers and trying to plan stuff, back mm -hmm. then it was, like, impossible to get anything done because it was, like, just me or just a few other people that were, like, really into it. We didn't have the manpower to actually make something happen, and now... Five or so years later, we have 15 people on their committee, and then tons of other people that are helping in other aspects. We've had a lot of in-kind partners, um, so it really takes a design village to make the conference happen. And
4: I, I think I think we need to give our team credit, right? We're only we're four people here on this podcast with you, but you know, when we started the first meeting, there were 15 people that showed up, and we've had now 10 or 12 or 13 meetings, and for the most part all 15 are pretty much still there. So we haven't, and, we keep and and we, yeah, it keeps growing. People keep joining. So we haven't, <laughs> sure. we haven't lost a lot of people. I mean, certainly I think life gets in the way for some people and they have to step out. But for the most part, people who have been there in the beginning have stuck through it to the end, which I think is a testament to the personalities in the room really fitting well together. And again, going back to that passion for, for this, uh, you know, kind of this
0: movement. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I, I think that, that's, a, that's a good point to make because, I mean, I've been involved with planning a conference and, and starting an AIGA chapter and um, y- y'all have had a really smooth ride comparatively to some of the things that I've seen um, in the past because we've had people flake out and disappear and, yeah, you know, and, also and life does get in the way and that makes sense. <laughs>
1: Don't put our journey laundry online either.
2: <laughs> everything sure. is amazing. Everything is going great. <laughs> to yeah,
5: but.
0: Well, I know. But I mean, I think there is a sense of reality that hits like Chris said of life does get in the way and sometimes you can't make everything. But if if people are trying to make everything, because a lot of times you have that one person who, you know, is all in and they're super excited and and everybody thinks they're going to be the most committed one and then they're the first one to like disappear. <laughs> So that that that's nice to see.
4: I, I, um, yeah, I think I cool. think, you know, just to add to that in our experience here, if something does, you know, if somebody does um, have something that comes up and they can't do it, what we found is that there's usually somebody else that will help pick up the slack. Yeah. And, oh, I, yeah. and, I, and I think going mm-hmm. back to what Veronique says, when you have an you know, it is like an agency in the sense that someone is going to help support you. They're not going to let that ball drop, which I think is just it's just incredible not having work with these people. You know, uh, before before this, for me personally, like just seeing that kind of synergy, really.
1: I think what you think this is going so smooth is because every person on this like planning committee has each other's back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Every single person, whether, you know, they're committed, you know, 20 percent to 100 percent. Everyone's like, I will help you. I will be there for you.
4: Or I'll be like, hey, you want to get a drink afterwards?
0: (laughs) I've also found that apparently everyone stocks Veronique. So we figured that out. I said everyone stalks you. <laughs> um, so we're, we're getting kind of close to our time here. So I want to go around and ask each of you. I'm going to ask each of you the same question of give me your best pitch of why someone needs to come to Design XL this year. All right, Chris, you're on the spot. All right. Actually let me ask the question again. That way I can edit in. So Chris, if you're not a designer, why should you come to Design XL? Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked that because <laughs> <laughs> so, so natural. It, People it, won't they notice that. They, they won't they won't know that that you edited that together. No. <laughs> and I'm gonna leave this part in just so they do know. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: it's, it's all falling it's, apart.
4: It's all magic. It's all magic in the Smoking editing ears. editing bay. Um, no, I'm, I'm actually really glad you asked that because I'm, you know, of the team here that you have on, on the podcast, I, I have a background doing design and I've dabbled in design, but I do not consider myself a designer. Uh, my background is copywriting and my background is marketing, communications and advertising, which is different than design. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the value for this conference is it's, it's not about design. Even though the name of the conference is Design Excel. you have to think about it. If you are an architect, you are designing. If you are a photographer, you are designing. If you are in business, you are designing a story about your brand that has to resonate with your customers. So in that way, everybody is designing something. And I think the value for this conference is how do, how do we help businesses, whether you're small, medium, large, if you're a marketing director and not a designer, how do you help them shape stories that are going to matter to people um, and to their customers? Because ultimately, that's what people are in the business of doing. You aren't in business because people buy a story. And whether or not that story resonates with other people, whether it's through video, whether it's through communications, whether it's through your website, you need to know how to tell your story in a way that's going to resonate with people. And I think that is the value that something like this can bring to people who aren't necessarily designers or come from a design background.
0: Gotcha. Veronique, a uh, little twist on the question. If you're not from the area, why should you come to the conference?
2: Oh, I have that answer. Okay. So we are very, very lucky to be like in this area at this point in time. And it's not going to... Um, be this way forever because this town is growing rapidly Um, Mm -hmm. I come from a very large city and you don't everybody doesn't know everybody everybody knows everybody here or knows somebody that knows everybody and it is um, it's kind of a unique point in time where it's kind of easy to get in right now and it is easy to meet people. It is easy to network and make connections with people that are leaders in the design or the business community because the size that we're at right now. And people work with people that they like. And if people don't know you, they won't work with you because they don't know you don't exist. Right? So there's mm-hmm. going to be. There is really no better place and time to be right now than here, um, to be here than right now. And um, it's you know hopefully the place where everyone's going to be at this one day event. So if there's somebody you want to meet, if there's somebody you want to work with, um, if you want to be kind of leading the direction of the design and creative community, like this is the place to be and the time to be at it. So,
0: Gotcha. Liz, if you're new to the area, why should you come to design Excel?
1: Because you need to make friends. Are
5: you <laughs> oh, you did you a, did you I have more? Just
0: kidding.
1: So like going
0: license.
1: like like Chris said, it's, um, it's really about just building a community. Um, you know, I don't know anybody here besides, you know, a few people outside of this room, my husband and I, you know, really new, um, still trying to learn this area, but this, you know, design community that we've been involved with is so like supportive and, you know, Hey, you're new, go check this out, go check that out. And I feel like that's going to like come to fruition at the conference too. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, you know, you're a business owner. You need to use this person for this resource and stuff like that. So if you're new, you're going to find companies that you had no idea existed. You have, you know, creatives that you didn't know were here that you can work with directly. And, you know, you're not talking, you know, via Internet, via Skype like we are today to, you know, get the job done. It's right here in your backyard. <laughs> All
0: right, Rachel, give me your best pitch. Why should you come to Design Excel?
3: well there are plenty of reasons um you guys already stole most of my answers but um (laughs) just purely for the the educational aspect especially from a student perspective you can get exposed to so many different things so many different disciplines of design and careers that you might have not even thought were possible like casey for example she makes type out of food and stuff for a living like Mm -hmm. that's cool that you can actually see somebody doing that and um I think just being exposed to a, a lot of different types of people, a lot of different types of design, um, learning stuff that like you don't, the kind of uh, you don't know what you don't know <laughs> approach. Until. Sure. So uh, yeah, I think it's just really cool the variety of people that we have and um, just the opportunity to be exposed to a lot of different things that you don't learn in school. <laughs>
0: So, so as we do get closer to our time, we're going to go to those three questions that I mentioned, uh, right before we started. And, uh, Liz, since it's facing you, we'll start with you. Uh, what, what is your go-to comfort food? Oh, hang on. Sorry. I know you'd think a podcaster would know to turn off his own damn phone. Uh, let's start this again. Um, Oh, you know, I am editing that out. <laughs> I got to make myself look good. Come on. <laughs> no. Um, let, let's start this again. Um, actually, Liz, let's start with what is your earliest food memory? What's the, the, just the first thing that comes to mind?
1: Okay, so I'm a farmer's daughter. Yes, South mm-hmm. Dakota. Um, dairy farm daughter. And uh, if you don't lick your plate clean, you're in trouble. So I remember as a kid, like, literally scraping, like, food into my mouth because, like, my grandparents and my dad would be like, you know, there's kids that are, like, starving, you better finish that. Like, that's all I have, like, as a kid. I don't have, like, a magical Thanksgiving memory or anything. (laughs) Just, like, eat what you can.
0: (laughs) What was the food?
1: Oh, it's usually always, like, meat and potatoes, corn. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, it's Midwest, so It's
0: always some, some sort of thing. You have, like, potato. Your banana,
1: you have your, like your banana bread, and then you have like the weird Midwestern thing where you put like Velveeta cheese on it. Like it's so weird. <laughs>
0: yeah. So um what what's your go-to comfort food when you've had just a shit day?
1: Wine. <laughs> just kidding. Um,
0: <laughs> I mean that can be the answer.
1: <laughs> uh, it actually just like depends who's ordering. Like if my husband's ordering, it's always pizza. If I'm ordering, it's pasta. Gotcha. If I'm cooking, it's pasta.
0: <laughs> gotcha. And then what is your death row meal?
1: Ooh, okay. They finally caught you after you stalked
0: Veronique and left her body in a ditch somewhere. What? what?
1: Why am I the crazy person now?
0: Because they found a body. <laughs>
1: There's no bodies. There's no bodies. Okay. Um, okay they find so- enough
0: circumstantial and DNA evidence in the trunk of your car. <laughs>
1: So I would definitely have a glass of Pinot Grigio, um, stuffing like the ninety nine cent stuffing that you just mix water in. I'm obsessed with like it. Like
0: stovetop. <laughs>
1: yes, hell yeah, so good. Um, spaghetti and pork chops. Interesting,
0: <laughs> interesting combination.
1: Thought about really long and hard.
0: <laughs> gotcha, uh, Rachel. Let's let's go to you. What what's your earliest food memory?
3: Um, I have like a kind of depressing one. It's recent on my mind. (laughs) Go for it. Um, So our local O'Charlie's is closing. And I just saw that literally before this uh, phone call. So I was thinking about when I was, I don't even know, I was probably like two or three years old and we went there and I almost died because I choked on a peppermint at O'Charlie's. Oh my God. (laughs) That's my wow. earliest food so
0: memory. <laughs> well, you should be happy that they're closing. They tried to kill you.
5: Yep.
0: Uh, what's, what's your go-to comfort food? Hopefully not O'Charlie's.
3: <laughs> no. It's <laughs> um, a tough one. It's, it's, pasta's a good one. It's probably pasta or mashed potatoes. Oh, good choice. Mashed potatoes. The
0: OG. Gotcha. And, and what, what is your death row meal?
3: Um, all you can eat crab legs and chocolate ganache cake from Publix. Oh, so good. That's My all God. I need. I'm assuming and you're going to keep
0: eating the crab legs well past the point that you're full, just to delay the execution. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay, Chris. I'm like moaning with all the food. You can tell I'm fat. <clears> one yes. Yes, sir.
0: All right. What is your What is your earliest uh, food memory?
4: These are really strange questions. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I really appreciate. Everybody's got, got one.
4: I really appreciate kind of the the switch in the conversational <laughs> kind of topic here. Um, sure. so, so my earliest food memory: I am half Filipino, and um, I remember when I was a child living in the Philippines, um, I was a picky eater, and I did not like to eat a lot of crazy Filipino dishes. If you're if you're familiar with Filipino food, there's like squid ink soup and <laughs> pig blood. It's just really bizarre, and I was For really sure. picky. But I remember my first thing was my mom forced me to eat like mushy rice with mangoes in it and ever since then i've hated mangoes
0: is that is that allowed for a filipino to hate i mean <laughs> to hate mangoes to hate or to hate mangoes, mangoes? Like, I have, I have a bunch of Filipino friends who, like... Don't stereotype <laughs> me. Don't try to fit me into... Oh, them. no, 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 no. I'm just... I'm saying them. I have witnessed them have entire conversations about how good a mango was. Look, I,
4: I understand. I, mangoes are pretty good. I, I know that they're pretty good. But just because she force-fed them to me, I do not like them. So, yeah, bad Asian. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, if I was going with a stereotype, I would have brought up spam. Spam. <laughs> Well,
4: that's Hawaiian. We all look alike, though. It's okay.
0: <laughs> I don't know. All my Filipino friends are obsessed with spam, yeah, too. So, so.
4: Yeah, it's pretty good.
0: Yeah. See, I grew up in Minnesota, and when I was Where? in 4th or 5th... Where? Uh, right outside Minneapolis. Oh. Where at? Uh, Chaska.
1: Oh, I've Chaska. been there.
4: I, I, grew up you in, have? I grew up in Fargo, North Dakota.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So, anyway. So, gotcha. Sorry to interrupt
4: your story. So yeah, you were, you were... No, no,
0: no, no. So, but, um, so the Hormel factory that makes spam was about, I don't know, 30 minutes away from where I lived. And in fourth grade, we went on a tour of that factory and mm, I can't, mm no, no, look, no way! I am eating yeah, spam look, ever I, again. I, I don't. And eat it's it. actually not made of bad stuff. It was just watching the process.
4: I, I stopped eating spam the one time that I decided to try to shake it out of its little can, and it made that suction cup noise. It made it made that suction cup noise, and at the very bottom of that spam was a was a, just a full complete artery. <gasps> and ever since uh, then, I was like okay, I cannot eat this. <laughs> <puke. No. laughs>
0: yeah, that, I'm sorry that, to your that, listeners. That, that, that's rough. Um, well, now that we've talked about arteries, what's your go-to comfort food? <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, so I am, I, I, yeah, I'm not a stress eater. I'm, I'm, I'm the opposite. I'm a stress faster. Like I just starve myself and I don't do it on purpose when I'm stressed out. But if, well, if jealous, there was, a, if, the, <laughs> if there was a junk food that I just, if I started, I couldn't stop. It would be potato chips. Like I cannot, it doesn't matter what it is. I cannot not eat the whole bag in one sitting
0: Sure, I understand that <laughs> What is what is your death row meal After you've been caught helping Liz Dispose of Veronique
3: Oh my gosh uh, you know, if, if
4: you know if the police come to my door, I am I'm gonna come after you, Jason. <laughs> okay, I, I I'm gonna get you.
5: I'm gonna be very upset if I die. This is Exhibit A. Like, a <laughs> We're all dying just some faster than others. <laughs> very
0: dark
4: and just. Let's see. I I love Asian food, and so I, I'm torn between just like a nice you know, whether it's Thai food or Indian, I love Indian food, um, Thai food, Indian food, or Vietnamese food. I could go for any one of those, but I also really just love fruit, like pineapple, mm-hmm. strawberries. Like, so I probably would have like,
0: you love- not mangos.
4: I love fruit. Like I, and I, and I do not, and I don't like candy. Like I don't like candy or chocolate or like that kind of artificial sweet, but, but I just do. love fruit sweet. Anyway. So i I probably have a big bowl, like a cornucopia horn full of fruit. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and then I, and then I would have,
4: and then I would have a bowl of pho Good and choice. some green curry, Good <laughs> uh-huh. and like yeah, like some general so chicken. So that would be my my death row Can I dish.
5: Your death row and you win? know,
4: after all that fiber, after all that fiber, if I'm gonna be like on the electric chair, I feel so sorry for that person oh my afterwards. God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna come out quick. <laughs> veronique we're gonna switch things up a little bit with you and ask you two questions at the two more questions at the end but we'll get we'll we'll start off with the easy ones what is what is your earliest food memory
2: um so my mom's from belgium so she always not waffles actually she didn't make pancakes in the morning she made crepes Okay. So she would do so. That's it's probably a toss up between that and like fondue. <laughs> so random. <laughs> like, You're so basic, fondue. white girl. Well, I remember. <laughs> She's no, white. no, no, no. So no. Are you
0: talking like cheese fondue or like, like the 1970s, 80s version that. where you put the boiling oil? Yeah, yeah fondue. <laughs>
2: fondue. And okay, so I, she would make crepes in the morning. That was like I didn't have pancakes i'd also have fries i remember a big food memory was like i didn't eat ketchup growing up i ate mayonnaise on my fries i put on everything
0: that's now. a very it's belgian a thing. thing yeah
2: <laughs> yeah freedom fries. It's called
1: freedom fries
2: so um anyway i remember oh. being in school and i would be putting mayonnaise in my fries and people thought i was weird and i was like doesn't everybody do this <laughs> so that might it's kind of a blur between those those things
0: okay What's your go-to comfort food?
2: Indian food. I love Indian food. It's good. I know. And there's like there's not a lot of there's some good places in Pensacola, but there's not a lot of it. Um, so I wish there was more Indian food in this town.
4: And Korean. And yeah. I, oh, yeah. I I like
2: I like yeah, I don't really like a American food very much. I would I don't tell know, for like a Indian kiddo, food. Yeah. I like Japanese. Vegetable I love like egg. ramen and sushi and stuff like that. So, yeah.
0: Okay. What is what is your death row meal?
2: so it's kind of a weird i'm gonna i'm gonna be chris here um i want ramen i want but ramen with like kind of like mid to high spice with
5: <laughs> so specific
2: <laughs> i know um tofu in it i want um she's vegetarian Indian by the food. way i, I try okay. to be knowing about it i do want a big pile of blueberries Sounds like you want brie I want brie. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with yeah. brie. Okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a really good baked brie. Um, and maybe, I don't know. Cheetos. Che- okay. Tre- cheetos are my stress food. <laughs> like, <laughs> because they're easily accessible downstairs in like this little convenience store. Um, so, I'd probably be really stressed if I'm about to be executed. <laughs> I'd like, be probably scarfing down. down the Cheetos.
0: Well, see, that should have been your comfort food. See, the thing is, you're not getting executed. We're all killing you, though, on this scenario. Yeah, I'm,
2: not, I'm not going to death, bro. I'm already dead. Well,
0: oh, oh, this is when you've fended them off and they can't prove it was self-defense.
2: You don't mess with me. I'm scary. <laughs> <laughs> nope.
0: All right. And then the last two questions I got to ask. And this one is specifically, since I know about uh, your husband's brewery, what is your... um? What is what is your favorite beer style?
2: Oh, I really like. I'm an IPA person. I really uh, like uh, a good, uh, strong IPA. Yeah, I don't. I I like a beer with some some good flavor in it. Um, beer with smoke. She style. likes her
4: beer like she likes her men.
2: <laughs> strong. <And better>? Aromatic. <laughs> aromatic <laughs> too. Um, strong, strong
0: aromatic and better.
2: Okay. I like I like <laughs> I like lambics, so I like a good like cherry cherry Lambic or something like that. But yeah.
0: Gotcha. And then uh, what is your favorite brewery in Pensacola?
2: My favorite brewery cannot, in Pensacola is going to be Emerald Republic Brewing Company. Coming this that's a fall. Con- that's a conflict
4: of interest. It's you cannot
2: a- say <laughs> that. <laughs> Coming this fall to the corner of Brain Cassation Government on the west side of downtown Pensacola. I'm about, like, this is why I have paint on my hands right now. I'm painting a mural there and about to be going back over there. But, yeah, no, I'm really excited for it, excited for him. He's been working on this, like, been dreaming about this for over 10 years now. So, um, yeah, we're opening up a brewery, and it will, we're about two months out right now. So it's Gosh. really exciting. We have, like, equipment getting delivered in a couple weeks. And, yeah, it's Finally. all very, yeah, yeah. So, that's the next endeavor, because why not have a second business? Because we're crazy people and have no lives.
0: Hey, well, you know, at least you got a business you can drink from. So,
2: yeah, that's
0: when you know you have a drinking problem. I don't view that as a problem. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Well, I think it's going to be really cool, too, because, like, this is another, like, tangent, but as the design community is coming up in Pensacola, we're really starting to get an impressive beer community here. So I'm excited to be part of kind of the growth of that community um, as well. So it's going to be exciting. Exciting times in Pensacola. If you haven't been here. Come visit. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. And it's a cool it place. Yep. Yeah.
0: Watch out for jellyfish.
2: Mm-hmm. Or Liz, because apparently she's going <laughs> to... Wow! <laughs> Hey, can we, like, put, like, a disclaimer?
1: Like, I'm really not a psychopath. I'm just, like, think she's great. She's a good employee. I'm just Literally. a mild stalker. Just a mild. You were worse than me. You said you stalked her for months. You didn't even know what her picture was. <laughs> I don't understand. I was,
4: I I was doing about. reconnaissance. <laughs> I was trying Very to get a better different. job. Very different.
2: He was trying to take out the competition. I was just trying to get a better job.
4: <laughs> I want to know what kind of car she drove so I can slash her
0: tires. That was it.
1: I just wanted to bump into her like a Fosco
0: and be like, oh my God. Hey, Veronique, do you want want me to send you a copy of the raw files of this so you can keep it for evidence and a, you know. Thank you. If I ever die, this automatically goes to the press.
2: Oh, yes, please. This will be released. We're screwed. Thanks, Jason. I love Liz. She's the best. She's just saying that now. Liz, I love you. Don't kill me. God. We're lots of fun. Work with us. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you all so much for taking the time to chat with me. I can't wait to see everybody in November. Hopefully I'll see y'all sometime before that. Um, but in the meantime, go out and break some bread. So, Rachel, uh, since everyone's designated you the hitter, where can you find out more about Design XL?
3: You can go to our beautiful custom website at designxl.org. <laughs> We have links to buy tickets You can see our speaker lineup You can see our schedule More info about the venues that we're going to be using Um, And a little bit about us The planning committee A little bit about Pensacola Why you should come here Lots of info there
5: Designacill.org
0: You can find out more about DesignXL by visiting designxl.org. And be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with the conference. I hope you like this episode of Feasting on Design. Let me know what you think. And if you like it, leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit FeastingOnDesign.com to catch up on the archives of the Creative South podcast. Get some cool swag like t-shirts and stickers that are on sale right now for 50% off with free shipping on orders over $25 when you use the code FREESHIPPING, all one word. Plus, you can keep up with the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at FeastOnDesign. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribbble, Twitter, and Instagram.